coming up on today's show. <laughs> you're going to get a result, the dog will get aroused and then start to pull again. And now you're in this, this cycle of you're ignoring me, you're ignoring me, and you get angry and you get frustrated. Do dogs really love us or do they just use us to get to the food? The evolution of wolf to dog came from food. It's what they're expecting. Now, I need to be motivated by something for the very fact that I'm here. Well, you're it. And it's not just other dogs. It's you. Let's go to the listeners' questions. One time, my friend's dogs ripped open his food bag and ate as much as he physically could and he threw up. Danny, ick me. People who say my dogs are vegan. Ick me, baby, one more time. Next time we're wearing the school uniform for you. I'm Dr. Sab Cohen-Hatton. I'm a neuroscientist specialising in animal and human learning mechanisms. I'm Jamie Penrith and I specialise in canine predatory behaviour and I'm also a former police dog handler. And I'm Danny Wells and I'm a dog trainer that specialises in unwanted behaviour. And every week we sit down to talk about the latest research in canine psychology. And more importantly, how you can apply it to your dog to get to know them a little bit better. Welcome to The Dog Scholar. Does your dog prefer you or food? Well, I've seen your dog before and he definitely prefers food on you. <laughs> Interesting one, isn't it? What's your thoughts on that? You or food? Me or food? Me all day long. Even if I just get a ball out, I could put the tastiest steak down on the ground and they'll ignore it for a ball. I would like to think it was me, but I think it's contextual. Yeah. My dogs are the most food-motivated dogs in the world. I mean, Luther loves food, so he'd follow food mm. all day long. Red... Oh my God, that dog is yeah. a snapdragon. I swear to God, I've never seen a dog mm. so gaga for food. Yeah. I've got him, um, my, labra my Labrador is like, like every Labrador, like a belly on legs. But um, <laughs> belly I think on it's, legs. it's it, like, obviously I, I, I trained him as a gun dog and the um, the drive and the association. So what what releases that drive, what, what allows him to indulge in that drive is me. So even with the food there, he still chooses the job over the food. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I did a um, video a short while ago um, for an online thing. Oh yeah, I've seen that, I don't yeah. going with this. Yeah. It's a similar sort of thing where it's, um, you know, free access to food or access to come and, yeah. uh, you know, retrieve an article and bring the article back to me to interact with me. Mm. And, and it was me that was beating the food, but mm. yeah. it's conditioned associations, isn't it? Yeah, it's is conditioned it, is associations. It natural it preference? And it's naturally, it's naturally dogs choosing food, yeah, but again, how food-driven is your dog? Some dogs are picky. But based on how dogs react when it's time for a meal or even a treat, it can really seem like food can be the most important thing yeah. in the world to them, can't it? Lots of dog training revolves mm. around the use of treats, yeah. doesn't it? And and the journey rewards. to what me and Jay, what Jay have just described starts with that, yeah. that yeah. obsession with food. Yeah. So yeah. it's natural to wonder, do dogs really love us or do they just use us to get to the food? What is it that they the really resource, prefer? Yeah. Yeah. We know dogs are hypersocial with humans and their cross-species bonding with us is pretty unique. You don't see that everywhere in the animal kingdom. Mm. It's not just their own species that they interact with, it's us as well. Yeah. And fortunately for this series, neuroscience gives us an idea of what's happening in your dog's brain yeah. when it's interacting with you. Now, one study paired three neutral toys that the dog hadn't seen before to predict food praise and nothing at all. So they took a toy car, a toy horse and a hairbrush and they paired it with one of these things. So it's a really straightforward, classically conditioned Pavlovian association. So Ooh, yep. the toy is a, is, is a stimulus in this Pavlovian association. That's the, the thing that it's looking at. Sorry, Sam, can we just break down what a Pavlovian association is? Yeah, just... it's something that you experience that gets linked with an outcome. So the sight of the hairbrush, for yeah. example, was signalling yeah. the... The, uh, a reward. So a mathematical equation of life, hairbrush equals 
this particular exactly. object. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I like that. A mathematical equation of life. There we go. Nice. And I knew there was a reason I was here for something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pretend I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the dogs had learnt that association and then they presented these items to the dogs when they were in a brain scanner. And they were looking at the activation in the brain areas that was associated with the value of rewards. It's this part of the brain called the ventral chordate. So that helps you to kind of understand how valuable something is that's okay. going to come. Now, in a whopping... 13 out of 15 dogs, that area lit up as much or more for praise from their human as it did for food. And two out of the 15 were clearly completely food mad and they preferred the yeah. food to the person. That, that is interesting, that isn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah. there's areas when you think, up When there. you think that you know, the evolution of wolf to dog came from food, they yeah. selected wolves that were more interested in coming over for food and, re and, and resource mm. to survive. Yeah. And then we, we bonded with them and bred from them. It, it was all based yeah. around food, so that is very interesting. And they've evolved alongside yeah, us, haven't yeah. they? So it just shows you that real value. And now all dogs, don't get me wrong, all dogs preferred praise or interaction to nothing at all. Yeah. In a follow-on experiment, the dogs could choose between an item that would either get them praise or food, and their individual choices correlated really strongly with the brain activity when they were in the scanner. Okay. So it predicted, it not not only was it lighting up to say, yeah, we think that this one is, is going to be the one that you like the best because it's lighting up more when you're getting yeah. praise, for example. They then took them out of the scanner and let them let the dogs have a choice. So, so the behaviour was matching what the brain, what was, the showing. brain was showing. And 13 exactly. out of 15 yeah. chose praise yeah. over food. Yeah. It's massive. I would really, really like to see that on a grand scale. That's amazing because that stronger activation in the ventral chordate when they're expecting praise meant that they were choosing that praise over food. And I should say, 15 dogs isn't a massive sample size. It's really not. No, but it's not. The results were really striking. And again, that's really relevant for training and learning new behaviours because that gives you the basis of a dog's drive, of a dog's motivation to do something. Now, I said earlier on that this was a really straightforward Pavlovian association. And the greater the value of reward the stronger that association will be. So it's got a really important basis for how you train your dog to learn something new. And if you think how essential food is for life, you can see how crucially your dog values you. It values that social interaction with you. It's huge, it's little wonder that praise and play can be such a powerful way to train your dog. And it's also why training no two dogs is ever the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah, very interesting. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, you know, when I'm training with dogs and when I'm working people who are training with dogs, that switch, that transition from food over into what I would call social reinforcement, okay? We, you yeah. know, the, the interaction, the praise, the opportunity to engage and, you know, in, uh, and interact with the owner as a form of reward is something that I encourage, yeah. you know, very early on rather than the, the we, we talked, didn't we, in a previous yeah. episode about um, potential dependency on food and yeah. luring mm. and going into bribing and things like that. And I think there's a, a tendency, perhaps more so these days, um, than there has been to have this sort of like permanent presence of food as a means to be able to control or influence the behavior of a dog. And I think perhaps people are losing the importance uh, and the value in using themselves, you know, yeah. using that social reinforcement in place of yeah. the food. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I, I agree exactly with what you said. The only, the only way I differ is when I'm dealing with um, dogs that have got like showing dangerous behavior, whether it be aggression towards people or dogs. 
and um, they are very aroused and I try and take away the praise there because we know they can displace that arousal into the very behaviour that we're trying to prevent. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's massive value in just bonding with your dog and, and, sh and sharing time with your dog. And as you just said then, you know, Every dog is an individual, mm. you know, some dogs are going to prefer the reward as food or interaction and understanding your dog is key in this. You know, there's no point trying to go at it tooth and nail with with um, food rewards if your dog's much rather preferring pays. Yeah, yeah. I always say to my clients, pay your dog. You know, in, in a lot of cases, when we're, when we're high drive dogs, they want a ball. Stop telling them these are good boys, are good because the dog just wants to be paid when you're looking like um, detection dogs. Mm. You know, stroke mm. your dog, stroke the dog mm. just wants the ball, give yeah, the dog yeah, the ball. Yeah. But in these cases, if your dog likes that praise, pay your dog. Mm. Pay your dog with what he likes to be paid with. I think there's, there's um, different. Or she. I think Thank you, oh, Danny. Nice. Hashtag gender bias. I think there's <laughs> different. It's important as well to recognise that there's different ways of delivering the same form of praise, social reinforcement. So if it's recall, yeah. again, something we've covered before, if you're recording yeah. your dog, and, yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on, yeah. and everything is fast and sort of like exciting. Yeah. Whereas if I was to walk along with a dog who's walking nicely with me on a lead and I was going, good girl, yeah, yeah good yeah, girl, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be counterproductive, it you know, because yeah. I, as well as the fact that yeah. I'd probably get locked up. Yeah. You know, whereas I might yeah. tone that down and good girl, yeah. good girl. And, and again, yeah, it's what's matching what you're teaching. You know, when you're, when you're teaching a recall, you want the dog as fast as possible to get from point B back to point mm. A. So you're going to start tapping into that predatory instinct. You're going to make in high-pitched noises which arouse the dog. You're also going to probably be running back yeah, quite oh, quickly, right. encouraging the dog to um, tap into that predatory instinct and want to chase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, horses for courses. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it does show you, though, this study, just how important that quality interaction is with your dog. You know, yeah. the, the value that they're placing on social interaction. Mm -hmm. It's not It's not enough just to coexist with them, is it? You know, this is a really intrinsically important, valuable thing. They place their relationship with us above almost everything else. It is phenomenal. They've evolved alongside us. We play a really mm -hmm. key part in their existence. Yeah, some dogs are going to probably produce more of this than, than others. Yeah. So treating the dog as an individual is going to be very important because if you're trying to force an interaction with a dog that's, let's say, a little bit more aloof in character, mm. you're probably going to be more of an annoyance. However, if, you, if, you, if you've just had one of them dogs and now you've got a dog that really appreciates social interaction and you're treating it like that dog, then you're missing out on time to bond yeah. and build a, a, you know, the vital relationship that all your training and living coexistence with that dog is going yeah. to depend on. That's I really... True. And they are a social species, you know, mm. even within their own group, they're a social species. So it would make sense, wouldn't it, to sort of like, you're the bringer of things, you know, you're the, you're the, you're the person who I've come to, yeah. not necessarily Fetch depend human. upon 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah, you're my chauffeur, my cook, my, my medic, my whatever. But, you know, you're the person that is, I see to be intrinsically linked to all of these things. It would make sense mm. that I consider interaction with you that I want you to see me as being a valuable member of our group mm. do you know what I mean yeah. above me just thinking my belly do yeah. you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you provide that stuff I've, I've yeah. learned that you provide that stuff again you know let's remember there's 13 million dogs in the country this was done on 15 you know don't run away thinking oh all I have to do is stroke my dog and be friendly because there are some dogs that will find no value in that yeah. you're going to you're gonna, after see what what does your dog prefer? Yeah. yeah, you know we've got many. I had a, a dog in not long ago um, doing search work. He wants to be a search dog. That dog will look for anything for food, but not mm. interested in a tennis ball. And I said it's just not going to work for you. You're going to be on you know possible football stadiums with hot dogs, chips, everything all over the floor. Yeah. Your dog's not going to search for that. It's just going to be looking for food. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
How hungry were those dogs? And what food was and it? And what food was it, yeah. Well, if it was my cooking, they'd have gone for the person every time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What do you mean, yeah? There's a lot of questions around that. Does it not go into detail about what food it was? How how long had the dog not eaten between the study? And where the, or, uh, surmise being a study, they've all not eaten for the same period of time. But what was that? And would they show the same if they hadn't eaten for 24 hours as they would if they'd just eaten? I'm also assuming that food must have been used to condition the dog to be able to go into a brain scanner. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Period, or a degree yeah. of satiation yeah. you know yeah. not yeah. to mention individuals and in being in a brain scanner you know we've been, I, I, for anyone who's not been in a brain in a scanner i have and it, you know you have to stay still for about 20 25 minutes and it's very loud so the dogs could naturally pine towards the owner for safety if they're a bit good stressed yeah, good rather yeah. than appreciate food you know if a madman's chasing you with an axe you don't fancy a big mac no. or, you know what I mean? or a mad no. woman yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's a that, that that's an interesting point isn't it you know how 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 stressful is the situation towards the dogs mm. being in that scanner? Because, you know, we I think most species will pine for something that they feel content with and, and safe by if they're in a situation mm. where they're feeling quite quite stressed. There's a lot of things to... Don't um, forget the follow-up experiment. They yeah, did well, when they were outside of the scanner. Yeah, that, yeah. And the and dogs then, could choose which one they wanted. It provides converging evidence. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's the beauty. I mean, brain scanning experiments are always really challenging. Yeah, yeah. Because you're just seeing a part of the brain mm. lighting up. That part of the brain could yeah. be lighting up for other reasons as well you know it could be a different part of the brain yeah. and you end up with uh you, you know you end up with kind of confounding bits of evidence there so it can mm. be really challenging when you, say, so, when you say lighting up sorry what does that mean what, what, so, so what would you see so i'm just thinking i, I don't know what, what what do you see yeah. i genuinely don't know is it electrical impulses so essentially the brain scan is looking at activity in different areas of the brain right. so it's trying to correlate then the activity that's happening with a behavior or some mm-hmm. something that they're yeah, yeah. seeing but it's not a perfect science at all mm. it's really challenging to be able to do this and to do this well because the thing that you think you're seeing might be happening for a different mm, reason okay. so i think what you're definitely seeing here is some individual differences yeah. that's for certain yeah yeah and the other thing that you're definitely seeing because they were instructed not to feed their dogs uh that morning before they'd had the brain scan so they were going in quite hungry mm-hmm. they were definitely yeah. motivated for food yeah. but certainly what you were seeing with some of them yeah. is they were preferring praise yeah. they were preferring you know someone holding up because don't forget they're they're yeah. holding up like a hairbrush that's yeah. been paired with praise they're not necessarily yeah. holding up the their yeah. handle going good yeah. dog good yeah. dog you know so it's it, you've got that yeah. piece it, it it's what they're expecting mm-hmm. yeah it's also important to recognize that not feeding your dog in the morning for, for some dogs that is nothing they, that will yeah. not make them hungry fair whatsoever yeah, you know what i mean fair enough yeah fair enough but i guess the the point is they're not going in and they're not full yeah, yeah. so they're not going oh i'm gonna choose my handler because you know i'm yeah. really full and i'm not that bothered if yeah, i have yeah. something else to eat for me and i mean you know your dog isn't a cat is it it's not a solitary animal yeah. it's a social species yeah. and it's not just other dogs that the dog is valuing it's you as yeah. well it's quite an amazing thing to think about incredible yeah i think you know, when you look at the prevalence of where, where we talk about reward training, you know, or training in, in a particular way, positive reinforcement, in addition of something that the dog values. And principally, that sees a lot of uh, reliance on food. Yeah. But when we're looking at if we and a lot of the time, you know, there is science or there's science yeah. supported to underpin that. And if you're saying, well, yeah, science is actually showing us mm. that there's the interaction yeah. with you, the yeah, social yeah. reinforcement is greater. Because a lot of the time people will have been told, yeah. use a higher value food mm. item, use a higher yeah, value reward. No value. Well, you're it. 
You're yeah. it. Use yourself. Yeah. Develop that. You yeah. know, intensify that, and sort of like yeah. and condition a, and a, that. Yeah. And again, you know, bringing in that value, that value of food. Food's valuable when it's valuable. Right. I know that sounds like oh yeah, oh, obviously, but for like I said, an example, you put a, you put a dog or any any being in in a situation where they need to feel like they need to self preservate They're not going to want food. And I think the problem with um, anything, whether you're teaching, you know, children, adults, dogs is when you're saying that there's one generic way to do things, I think you're going to come unstuck because you're not working on a person-slash-dog-centred approach. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, when a dog's engaged in predatory behaviour, for example. That yeah, would, be, that would yeah. be another thing. I mean, I've... I've yeah. you know, we know the score with this. There's yeah, going to be no value in food. No, yeah. I mean, a, a perfect example springs to mind where I had a dog that is, you know, engaged in seeking out a prey item and a raw-fed dog that's given access to I a... See, you posted a, a video right, on this. I've a seen full ribeye yeah. steak, a full free yeah. ribeye steak. Take it. Not interested. I'm engaged in this. So there's a lot of the time as well where, you know, if social interaction is a thing that I'm seeking, it makes sense that I'm not particularly bothered about food. If yeah. predation as part of my, you know, yeah. genetic makeup, my yeah. species I find predisposition. intrinsic value in this. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and right. actually, if social reinforcement is just as effective as food in training, that's probably healthier. Bring it on, yeah. What a, you know, what a great way to dogs. engage with your dog yeah, and to yeah. build your relationship. You know, how many dogs what, do we see that are overweight? Yeah. You know? oh, yeah, how many so dogs many. do you see that are basically being walked where there's no interaction going oh, on between the owner and the dog? Let's, let's, let's the not dog just woman. concentrate on the dogs. How many owners do you see that are banging their head against the wall, reduced to tears because they're being told you need higher value, stick the reward in the dog's face? But really, as a, as a professional dog trainer, you're looking at a situation going, you can do that as much as you want. Unless that dog is starving to the point where, oh my God, I'm going to die, feed yeah, me. Yeah. They're not going to choose that food reward. Yeah. Yeah. And owners are literally reduced to tears, yeah. feeling like they need to give up on their dogs because and stuff. Because the problem behaviour yeah. is more self-reinforcing. They're, right. they're more motivated to do the thing that's problematic. Yeah. 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 yeah, or the or the reinforce of the food that yeah. you're trying to offer yeah. is counter yeah. to what I'm trying to yeah. achieve. I don't want to chase that yeah. animal on a full so, belly. I'm chasing it for the yeah. thrill of the chase yeah. and then as much as I am and it, the it, consumption. It's a end. really innate drive, isn't mm -hmm. it? I really want to chase that thing. It's so rewarding mm -hmm. yeah. to me that that food doesn't really And then exactly. on the other side of the fence, maybe they're just being advised with it to, to try and encourage value in, in the wrong thing. Maybe utilising threshold, maybe you can use yourself as the primary reinforcer. Utilizing they want threshold that. being... But if you put yourself in motion, the dog's going to get a little bit of that prey drive in that as well. Obviously, there's there's levels to it. Just explain threshold for people who might not know Yeah, so... Oh God, it's very difficult to explain that, isn't it? Okay, yeah. So Try explaining brain scanning. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you come across words that you use every day, you know how to implement them, but when someone says they find... It's a limit, like, isn't it? It's yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a limit yeah, yeah. where you, you... Yeah, so threshold threshold is just a limit to how extensive is the arousal towards something or the need to self-preservate. Yeah. So if you're, dog, you're dealing with predation and you have a dog that's 20 metres away and and the, whatever it's predating on runs, they're going to be a lot less likely and, and, and encouraged to chase than if you're 200 metres away. Right. So yeah. you might want to start your training at 200 metres away and gradually build an understanding and get closer and closer. Yeah. And the threshold moving being... Threshold. Yeah, the threshold yeah. being the, the moving closer to the, the trigger. The problem with that is that and a lot of the time in a contrived training scenario, that's absolutely fine. But in reality, in reality yeah. life doesn't yeah. care about no, your threshold. Life doesn't care about your threshold. So at which point we're talking about giving an understanding to a level where we can say, right, now this is the choice you have to take. Yeah. But the important thing is, is given that underpinning knowledge, that underpinning education to the subject that you're training, whether it be a dog or a person, you know, we all have thresholds, is given that underpinning knowledge so you have the best chance of success. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But the, again, you know, with this study, it's really interesting when you look at the kind of, 
individual differences element. I mean, if you could really bottle that, then you can think about dogs with jobs and how different dogs, mm -hmm. personality-wise, might be suited to different jobs. A, a dog with a high preference for a social reward might be better suited for something like a, a therapeutic or an assistance mm -hmm. dog yeah. role, whereas a dog with a, a, a higher preference for food might be better for something that's, you know, that involves less interaction, that's more independent, like yeah. search and rescue or detection, for example, yeah. you know? So, well, yeah, maybe searching for uh, medical conditions. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's going to be yeah. a sterile environment. There's not going to be competing motivators. If yeah. you think about you know, search and rescue, your dog might be, you know, find some food when they're supposed to be searching, yeah. and I can might choose that from there. You know, Flint likes water. Maybe I'll train him to be a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine that actually, Flint walking around with a plunger. Would yeah. you dress him like Super Mario as well? Would he I think he'd. Look, I think he'd make a mean Mario. <laughs> Lisquidgy. You'd have to do that for Halloween, dress him up as Luigi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> you could be Mario. I'll, he could I'll be, be one of them people, won't I? <laughs> I, I, uh, I like that. I like the fact, not just because of this, the sort of like a confirmation bias aspect of it. Yeah. I've got no control over, sorry. Yeah. No, but um, you know, I think it's the nice Everyone thing. likes to be yeah. right. But, but it's a nice sort right. of like percentage isn't yeah. it of dogs that are choosing the interaction with the owner yeah. Yeah. there's nothing sort of like even though it's a small sample size but there's yeah. nothing I, I think one, one thing that we've picked up on through every episode we've filmed here is there's, there's gaps to further this understanding um, I think it's important that you know more practical uh, dog trainers are involved in this kind of thing and that is how we're truly going to push forward with you know some pretty groundbreaking finds on yeah. how our dogs are, are thinking thinking feeling and interacting it's a bit more pracademic isn't it uh, yeah uh -huh. pracademic yeah. we'll what you that. need what you need is somebody doing research with some dog trainers oh, yeah. oh where could that be happening yeah, yeah there oh, we go stupid oh, idea yeah. we'll never catch on yeah. <laughs> dear listeners for those of you that don't know we're currently doing some dog related research together yes we are so hold on to your collars We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We had some really interesting research before the break and we've got some practical advice for you now too. As we always have, haven't we? That's always, what we're about. Practical always. advice helping you dog owners. We say it a lot, but a dog-centred approach, you know, you could be missing out on really va being valuable to your dog because you've gone with a common narrative and you've gone, oh, I'm going to use this food and, and, and I'm going to train this and I'm going to train that when really your dog might be more inclined to go for a toy or just interaction with mm -hmm. yourself. I think before you start, you know, having um, training goals, first break it down into what's my training plan? What What is my dog seeking value in? And let's, how can I best use that to achieve, you know, my, my learning objectives? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that nobody, and I do say to people, you know, who I'm working with, nobody knows your dog better than you. Not yeah. me, yeah, not I you, that. not I anybody else. Yeah, it's, it's your dog. You know what tickles their pickle, you know, and, and <laughs> but people will turn up and say, oh, shall I bring my food? Or will I need a toy or such yeah. as a, does it turn your dog on? You know, does yeah. does it activate things that you want to activate? Is it a waste of time or such and such? Let's use, you tell me, or if you're not sure, let's see, because every yeah. single one's an individual, everything. And no dog is motivated by nothing. Yeah. You know, even though there are some where undoubtedly there'll be people somewhere, you know, taking I think teenagers are motivated by nothing. <laughs> diving, doing nothing. <laughs> the idea of doing nothing yeah. is something that my 13-year-old really gets into. But not certainly not my thing. dogs. No, but but there'll be people that turn around and say, well, my dog is, you know, nothing, you know, no glancing over to their dog and saying, well, you're not 
switched on by much, but they all are. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I need to be motivated by something for the very fact that I'm here. Yeah. You know, that I'm, and that I'm carrying on. So yeah. there's ways to manipulate yeah. and to use things that your dog values to increase yeah. the value in them. Yeah. You know, um, things. You know, you even setting up environments so that your dog's more likely to do specific behaviours. Yeah. You know, and, and help. An and and you might you might even have to go on to setting up environments where your dog finds certain things displeasing because some dogs are just yeah, so absolutely. so engrossed in in the competing motivator competing motivator being something that your dog really really wants and you're in competition trying to be more you know appealing mm. to the dog you might have to um, set up a per- personalised plan about deterring the dog you can't do yeah earlier on when, when I was trying to call Luther back in and you were stood right by the food with your hand going towards the crisps I you, actually wasn't you know you I was actually were... just stood there and said I fancy a piece of Danny ah, Wells ah, leave ah, Sab ah, in the distance ah, yeah. no it was the food that was the competing moment. well either way either you or the food or both I of you together I think Sab's a little bit con- uh, confirmationally biased ah, <laughs> <laughs> hang on a sec he didn't even book the study findings yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or Danny and the Crisp. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I do. I do think so. When you were saying, can you give us some sort of examples examples of it? You know, you can use food. When I was saying about food delivery earlier on, you yeah. can deliver food in multiple different ways. You U- can, you Uber can, Eats. You got Deliveroo. <laughs> not in Devon, you haven't. Oh, no, not in my part. But, um, but you've got, you know, you've got ways to to bring your interaction into that. The same with toys. Yeah. The same with praise. You know, the yeah. same whatever it happens to. Yeah. You know, even water, you know, even sort of like anything that you can sort of like bring it in a way that it can be exciting or it can be better. And how can people do that practically? How can people do that practically? By the way that you deliver things. So if you take your dog, if, if you're going to, if I want to use food. As, yeah. as a reinforcer and I'm thinking or as a, as a reward for a dog then I'm not going to go and train you immediately after you've eaten a bowl of food yeah. Yeah. you know I could take asp- I'm not talking about and I'm not a person who says um, that all of the food that my dog gets comes from my hand and you've got to sing for your supper all the time that that's, the only way, yeah, that's the only way you get it that's not what I'm saying but there's no harm in perhaps skipping a meal yeah. Uh, but not actually skipping the meal, but taking that meal or a yeah. better version of Distributing it. Distributing it throughout yeah. the training session. And sessions. using yeah. it as, as, as yeah. um, training and still giving them access to their bowl of food. Well, that, that's know, quite good for, their, for, for I, not having additional calories yeah. and not getting a fat and dog toys, at the end if, of the yeah. If you think yeah. just, uh, I was just going to say, you know, again, looking at predatory sequence and how that switches a lot of dogs on, mm-hmm. you know, is to chase after something. Well, the way that I deliver a toy, I can mimic that. In mm-hmm. some in in some way, you know, I can bring that toy alive. I can. Plenty of people have got like a like, puppet. You go, hey, I'm little. That's it. Yeah, or, Look at me. Glo- glove puppets. Glove puppets. <laughs> All people get yourself a glove puppet. <laughs> I think as well. I think as well on the other side of the fence, we haven't talked about you know the, this thirteen out of fifteen dogs have chose their owners more, and we we know we can use that to our advantage and mm. interact and encourage that sort of. Um, um, rewarding feeling to the dogs. It's a hell of a lot more rewarding for you. As well, you know, I oh, think yeah. it's a yeah, sort of yeah. like it's a it is. it's a pinnacle that people look to reach training an animal, a dog, where the reason the dog is responding is because of you, is because yeah. of the interaction with you. It's a different plane to sort of doing it for the re- what we would call the reward or the, re- the you know the reinforcer of something that I'm adding, something mm-hmm. that you can get by interacting with me. But when it becomes something where it's because I'm pleased and I'm pleased and that gives you if you want yeah, pleasure, yeah. increases your arousal or whatever. I think that's a really nice yeah. 
feeling it's mm. and it, it is. In any I think there's a lot of I think working. there's science around that, isn't there? How dogs help people with with, with stress. There's a lot. There's, there's papers yeah. around that. Yeah, I've seen yeah. Stuff there's a lot of research that shows yeah. when you're interacting with a dog, your stress levels reduce. Mm. You know, as a as Provided a person. you like dogs. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Try not to get lost in the moment too much as well. Consider when you when you whether you're training, you know, sit sit for biscuits, sit for affection, or you're dealing with predation. What is the learning outcome you're, you're trying to achieve? Don't get lost in the moment of this is a fun feeling for both me and the dog. They're still in certain, especially predation. Uh, you know, most, you know, instances of predation happen when dogs are away from owners, not only um, sometimes on leads, but, you know, on their own or they've escaped. Yeah. So consider, you know, we're having fun, but is the learning objective that's getting achieved here? Mm. Are, we, are we making progress? And if you're not, then you need to reevaluate what you're doing. Reevaluate what you're doing. Even just the way in which you you deliver yourself, you know, the 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 praise that you give, fast, repetitive, high pitched, excitable delivery yeah. of praise, yeah. encouragement, yeah, activation, yeah. interaction. You're given a number speed. of rewards right. in one. Yeah. yeah. Whereas delivering the same thing in a slower, softer, steadier yeah. tone increases. A steadier, a steadier, slower yeah, yeah. response. So yeah. me walking along and using the wrong delivery for a particular behaviour yeah. can result in yeah. problems in that behaviour that, that I can avoid. Yeah. You agree? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. absolute strategy. And and let me make another point as well. Where, that's that's such a good point that Jamie's just made because when people confuse this, this builds frustration, and this is where you're more likely to displace that frustration in your dog. For example, I could see your eyeball on your side, and I knew you were thinking of the heel position there. You wouldn't want to be getting him all aroused when you're first teaching no. it because oh, what's going to happen is. You're going to get a result. The dog will get aroused and then start to pull again. And now you're in this, this cycle of you're ignoring me, you're ignoring me and you get yeah. angry and you get frustrated. You want to you want to make dog training fun. It can be mm. much more fun than people realise. Yeah. And just implementing that concept can alleviate a lot of stress around it. So I know that we've touched on it before, um, but there's times when, you know, I've been training dogs with intensive training programmes. And I know that Danny yeah. and his team have done intensive training programmes with dogs as well, where how can I train a dog that I don't, feel a connection with and equally how can I get the best from that dog in terms of its responses towards me and towards what I'm asking from it if I'm not nurturing that mutual yeah. Yeah. sort of like a you know symbiosis if you like you know that that, that agreement between yeah. the, the the two of us at a at a sub you yeah. know uh, conditioning level yeah, yeah. where it's more like I like being with this yeah. dog I like being with this person you know yeah. and, and developing that so you can yeah. go on and, and use the that first your... stage of that is just a little bit of curiosity mm. I just want to see the dog what's he about mm. where's he going you start to see that develop mm. like doing what you just said yeah I've been I've been out I remember being out and sitting on a step at about half 10 11 o'clock at night it was dark with just a security light coming over it's outside a shed you forgot your key and i uh, <laughs> and i thought to i'm gonna rob the place but the owner's turned up and it's full of police out on the street so i'm gonna <laughs> live no but i'm sat on the step and, and i have the dog on i, I don't know the dog so the dog's on a long line and literally i just sat that formed part of my my training i yeah. sat there you know and i would do similar things as well but i sat there and did nothing and I didn't encourage the dog and I wouldn't try and encourage the dog. I just waited until, like you say, curiosity yeah. got the better of the dog. Yeah. Yeah. And the dog comes over and himself, it was a him in, the, in this situation, chooses to sort of like, what's this guy about? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And chooses to sit at which point I can begin to just calmly interact yeah. with you yeah. and develop that sort of like relationship. Anybody who yeah. works in... Uh, rescue, you know, who's who's working with dogs in rescue will appreciate this in yeah. trying to develop and nurture yeah. that that relationship well, so that I you never, can use it. I never forget the first time you met Luther 
and that was that was your your strategy. Luther generally doesn't like people. Mm. He generally doesn't like anyone else. And we were sat there for ages. And uh, by the end of like the hour or whatever, he was kind of like snuggled up to you, wasn't he? Yeah. Put his, but he didn't yeah, force goes, the interaction. I didn't do but he did drive him with a sausage there. when yeah. I was in the toilet. But I just, you know, it's just that—that that is exactly what if yeah. I, you know, if Luther, yeah. were, uh, I'd taken Luther as my dog or whatever. That, that's what I'd do yeah. with a dog like that. It's and, just, and it's worth making a point that you know Luther would never have done that once upon a time. And Luther today now is running around the studio with 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 the producers. Yeah. You know, they, they, Lucy's he's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? This, yeah. these, these sorts of strategies they work yeah, they, they work really it's, it's in, conjun in conjunction in, in a multifaceted yeah. programme obviously yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, it, it is a fundamental yeah. the, the message I'm part. getting is you know there's help out there there is help out there do not think that you're on your own if you're struggling with your dog absolutely yeah. let's go to the listeners questions you want some listeners questions yeah, you yes. can't handle the listeners questions <laughs> <laughs> question number one but I'm going to start them. at the beginning oh yeah, 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 yeah. wonderful yeah. place yeah. to start number there's one. a wonderful place I'm so glad you can count <laughs> one time my friend's dogs ripped open his food bag and ate as much as he physically could and he threw up why do some dogs do this where there are other dogs that are perfectly okay snacking from their food bowl throughout the day instead of instantly eating everything in sight? That's well, a good question. It is a good question. Mm -hmm. And it's quite, it's a, I, think it's a, um, I think it's a lot simpler answer than you'd anticipate. Dogs like people are different. Some, right. dogs, some dogs are more you know, drawn towards food, absolute gannets. You know, you, you're talking your, your, your retriever breeds are going to be more likely to be like that. This is an aside, really. Why is that? Why do you genetics? Think that is? I think it's select selected breeding. You know, they were they well, were so wolf down food. Why are they? Why do people yeah, think oh, what the labs, labs yeah, are greedy yeah. pigs? They'll do anything for yeah. food or whatever. I've what got a it? dog that's a complete gannet. So Red is probably the most food motivated dog mm. I've ever seen in my life. Literally, we nickname her the Snap Dragon mm. because as soon as there's food in front of her, she literally snaps it up like a dragon, and she's well fed. She. I have has... not much dragon experience myself. I can't relate to this. <laughs> 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 well, I'll bring Red along next yeah, time, yeah. and then you definitely mm. will. Uh, I swear she even makes noises like a dragon, right? Yeah, yeah. Like really, she breathes fire. She, well, yeah, yeah. I think she. Might. I mean, yeah, look yeah. at her. She looks like a dragon. Yeah. She even looks like a dragon. Oh. Pointy ears, but she can. She'll have a normal meal. She's well fed. She's eaten the appropriate amount. She's definitely mm. not hungry. But then, as soon as food is presented, it's like mm. primal with her. She's got to mm. eat it up. But the other thing with this question that's quite interesting is, you know, why are some dogs perfectly okay with snacking from their food bowl throughout the day? Actually, it's not a great idea to leave your I food. Food bowl out, I'll and it, it sounds like the dog's probably eating too much, and that's why it's just yeah. snacking and grazing. So we're going to sum up on that one by saying we don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't know, but what we will say that's is, what we will say is, if, yeah. <laughs> what we can say is. It, it, which is very important if you acknowledge that your dog is that type of dog that will literally eat itself to death that comes with a level of responsibility make sure that you're catering the environment and not leaving things around yeah. chicken carcasses raisins chocolate grapes onions thing you know these are all harmful and poisonous to dogs your dog will consume anything if you've got a dog like that so just take um, air of caution yeah okay question two I've heard before that it's more effective to reward dogs with treats only some of the time when you're training them instead of every single time. Apparently, the scarcity makes it more likely that they'll obey. There's a word that's taboo, isn't it? Is that true? Obey! Is that true and is it a good idea? 
I think um, this is a bit of a, a misconception. You know, when you when you're training a behavior, whether it be sit or recall or don't do that, you're looking at creating a conditioned response. It's and that and I, you know th- this is not not so sciencey this, but I say that starts out as what we what I'd say a train behavior. So we're having to frequently reward this to increase the likelihood of this behavior happening again. The objective is that the dog all by itself will have a full comprehensive understanding of what you want and perform that behavior. So what you want to be looking at is then reducing the likelihood of you having to reward that and creating a situation where if I do this, will that happen? Okay, well, it never happened then, but it's happened before. Shall I try again? Well, oh, I got a reward for that one. And now we're going to, you know, elongate the reps that you get nothing, but there will be something. So you're living, you're making your dog live in a world of being inconsistently consistent. They never know when the reward's going to come. Training should always start out frequently rewarded to build the um, the response for doing the particular behavior. But when you're talking to something like heel, I'm going to start off by showing a dog a food reward and luring the dog with said food reward. They get it. I'll get another one straight away. And then I'll build to the point where the dog will check. Oh, never got nothing. Then check again. Never. Oh, and, then, and now you'll get another one. And we'll build that to the point where it's such a conditioned habit that the dog just walks looking the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it's not one or the other. The way in conjunction, aren't they? Right. So you're talking about schedules of reinforcement, yeah, right? Yeah. From a continual one to a random one, and, and the effects on it. When I was younger, in my misspent youth, I was. Uh, you are a, young a, already. What do you mean? You're young. Again? You're young. Yeah, yeah, but younger. Okay. Oh, well, I didn't That's say better be looking. Specific. I just younger. Amazing. Back when I was younger, and, and I spent a lot of time working in an amusement arcade, and it was slot machines. You know, people would go in, they'd put the money in the machines, and. I can tell you now that if people were to put their money in the machine and they were to, if I put 10 pence in and I get 11 pence out consistently. Every single time I put 10 pence in, very quickly the people get bored. Yeah. The reward payouts, although they are consistent and predictable, yeah. are very, very, which is why you have jackpots yeah. and why you have varying rewards yeah. on there. And people who put money in the machines and for a long period of time didn't get anything, but periodically got something and then sometimes got something of value, would sit there and pump their but money oh, into yeah, those yeah. machines yeah. day in, day out. So there's hopefully yeah. as well a, a bit of a, yeah. an example. We haven't got much time here. I just want to add to that because it's very important. Also understand that if you are pumping your dog full of treats, let's use sit for an example, sit, sit and doing lots of repetition as your dog gets full then the value of that reward becomes a less mm. so Absolutely. bear that in mind when you when you train your dog if you train the dog too too much then you're actually doing a little bit more harm than good in terms of how productive you're being for teaching that behavior and, and your dog can get unhealthily yeah. overweight many millionaires and if you're going to be using wage. lots of reward based training yeah. um, food rewards make sure you're having an understanding of how much uh, what calories you you're giving to that dog throughout the day Great questions, though. Great questions. We love questions. We want more from you. Jamie, how can people share their questions with us? At Dog Scholar Podcast is how you can get hold of us on social media. Or alternatively, you can email podcast at thedogscholar.com. Danny, ick me. I'll give you some icks. One more time. (laughs) Right. No, I'm wearing the school uniform for you. Uh, Not again, Jay. Thanks for this one. I've got some funny. I've got. I've got a funny one here. A bit of a controversial one, mind, but there's there's some science to back this up. I I would imagine. John from Lower Swell says. Lower Swell. Lower Swell. Not not higher Swell. A lower Swell. Right. He says people who say my dogs are vegan. Oh, stop um, it. Yeah, come on, Sab. We, we oh, can't really answer this. We're going to crucify. Do you know the science? I it isn't, John. I really don't like this. Dogs are carnivores. 
They are carnivores. So I can completely understand why some people have ethical issues with the food industry, particularly when it comes to animals. I understand that. But you also have to understand the nutritional needs of your dog. Yeah, of course you could say, well, we could give the dog all, its all of its nutritional needs through these other means and still meet them. But if your dog hasn't Mark's decided pun. to... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Love it. I love it. It was I love very it. good. Come on, let's put a steak in the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so dogs aren't vegan? No. Dogs no, are not vegan. And I mean, uh, you know, you only have to see some of the um, the videos over social media. You can see there's, there's, there's thousands of them where my dog's this and that and they put a steak there and, and salad and the dog's always going to go to the steak. But if my dog's a carnivore, why will it go and pick blackberries out of bushes? Why yeah, will it and, well, they will graze. Trees? They why will graze, I suppose. Would you say? Would you and say? then yeah. grass. Yeah. Why do they eat grass? Yeah. Why do they, you know, yeah, why will yeah. they eat such yeah. and yeah. such? Yeah. Would you say they're more omnivore now? What would you say? Well, dogs are opportunistic carnivores. They will predominantly eat meat, but of course they will also eat other foods as well. Predominantly meat, predominantly but they will graze, won't they? Scavengers. Yeah, scavengers, scavengers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, okay, and lastly, we've got Sarah from Netherthong. Um, <laughs> this course, is... Of course she is. Of course she is. <laughs> Why wouldn't she, is. she be? Why wouldn't she be? Why wouldn't she be? Okay, uh, Jamie, I'm going to fire this to you. Oh, good. You have too <laughs> many rules. <laughs> you have too many rules. Let them teach themselves. I think she's referring to dogs with dogs. Oh, is that, is, you create robot dogs. Yeah, you yeah, have too yeah. Many rules. Let, let the dogs teach just themselves. Just let them be. Just let them be. I think that that usually suggests let them correct each other. That you that 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 statement. Well, I think whichever way you look at it, the fact of the matter is, it depends what your rules are and why you're putting them in place. If I'm going to wait and say, well, let's just mm. let you learn from another dog, and the other dog will teach you what to do, I've got no control over that, but I have every obligation to. Yeah. have a responsibility for what my dog's doing. So I'm sorry, but I don't like robotic dogs. I'm not, no. I'm not saying that the person's saying that they're robotic dogs. I don't like them. Anybody who's ever seen me personally with any of my dogs or the dogs that I work yeah. with, it's a very fluid and organic um, relationship that yeah. I have with them. This is normally in, um, from the from the, uh, dogs around the house scrapping with each other. And when you're what, involved, let them work it out for when themselves. You, yeah, when you're getting involved and saying, right, we, we need to pack this in, let them work it out, which is all well and good until you have to take... A mutilated dog to the vet. I was just going to say, so I should imagine is, every vet dogs, in the country Dogs are not bound by society's influence and law and order. It's much better that you step in and in, you intervene and resolve a situation, maybe even have to punish the situation to prevent it from happening again, than have a dog take it as far as it will take it. Because in some aspect, with drive, in, in you know, bringing in drive into this equation, a dog will literally kill the dog next to them and then look at you like, what's for dinner? There's no feeling of remorse. So it's very important that if they're going to live with us, we negate what the rules are. Don't just leave them to it. Okay. There's exceptions to that, but generally speaking, you want to be negating the rules. It's a bit about on. teaching them success, isn't it? Yeah. That's all we've got time for this week. But if you've enjoyed today's episode, then please share it with a friend. And if they don't like it, maybe they don't as well. And finally over to Danny for the final thought. Okay, final thought. Um... I think it's best, we, what we've got from today, it's best not to follow generic advice. There's no generic way to train a dog. Absolutely. Your dog is an individual. Some dogs will prefer food rewards, however, some will like toys more, and some, as we've seen today, will prefer, in fact, the majority, as we've seen today, will prefer affection from yourself. Absolutely. See you next week. Oh.